I'm so excited because we have the amazing honor to hear from who is able to pour into our, our students all week long. He's, he's become this week a good friend of mine. We know each other through, through a lot of other people. You, you know those friends that you're like, I just gotta, I gotta meet him because I know everybody around him, but I haven't met him. That's how this relationship was. And so today, I wanna, without any further ado, Milford Campus, Dover Campus, I want you to stay on your feet and I want you to give it up for Pastor Mayor so well. Mayor so well, give it up. Come on, you can do better than that. Wow. Almost busted almost right there. Almost busted right here. That's still. We almost had to pray for healing in Jesus' in name Jesus right now. In Jesus' name, bro. Man, I am so thankful. I'm so, I'm so excited today because I don't want to take up much of your time because I know that you have so much that you want to say. But I just want to say it's been amazing this past week to watch you pour into our students. To literally not, not, not just preach over them or preach a word that maybe would get them excited, but to get all up in their business. It was amazing because the last night after he finished preaching, he did a question and answer in front of the whole experience. I mean, there's 450 students there and question and answer. And then after that, he goes down to the pool and does fully clothed a belly flop right in front of all the students. Fully clothed. <laughs> I don't know if that proves any spirituality, but it proves that you're the man. That's what yes, it does. But today, here's what I want to say. Live Atlanta, yes, sir. church that God has put in your and Kai's life, yes, sir. is coming to life. It's Amen. already to life, but Amen. it's coming a reality September 18th. Yes. My man is starting a church in one of the most diverse, powerful, influential cities in America. Yes, sir. And I believe that God calls big people to big places. And so what we want to do is we want to get it on the front of that and we want to sow a $5,000 seed into Live Church right away just to say, hey, this is just, this is just from us to you. How many of you know it's easy, it's easy to invest in something once you've already seen it going. You're like, okay, there's ROI. But here's what I know is I believe that there's better investment on the front side when you can say, listen, I believe that God has placed an amazing church inside of you and Kai, and I believe it's going to come to life September 18th, and you're going to look back on that day. It'll be a marking moment, just like it was for us September 20th, 2015, a day that I will never forget. You will never forget that name. You'll never forget that day. That will be a day that marks you, because it'll be the day when that dream that God placed inside of your mind, it drifted to your heart, and it becomes a reality. And I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that not only would that church be immeasurably more than anything you could ever ask or imagine, but I pray that, that today for us, you showed up on July 4th weekend to hear a word of, from God. Did you not? You showed up on July 4th weekend. Come on. So I'm going to pray. And I want you to pray with me. Pray, pray today that live Atlanta. Thank you, Jesus. I, I don't think you all understand the ramifications that Atlanta, Georgia has on the entire country, much less the entire world. And as I said already, God calls big people to big places. And I want to pray a blessing over your life. Jesus, thank you so much for Pastor Mayo. Thank you so much for, for Kai. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the dream that you placed inside of their heart that on September 18th, when they open the doors, God, you're already, you're already doing things. God, you're already, you're already showing them how faithful you are. But on September 18th, when the doors open and people come in, God, the people that they've been praying for, the people that they've been dreaming about for, for years, 
God, would you mark them? And God, I pray that you would give him everything he needs in this season for that season. That you would shore up any foundation. Father, everything that he needs, he would be equipped with. Everything that Kai needs, that she would be equipped with. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would do what only you can do in Atlanta. Thank you that they're coming alongside some amazing churches in an amazing city. Father, just from talking to him, God, he knows he's not the Savior of Atlanta, but he wants to point them to the one who is, and that's you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So Holy Spirit, I ask for today. We ask for September 18th, but God, we don't want to miss out today. July 3rd, 2022. Amen. Amen. Independence Day weekend, Freedom Weekend. God, today would we walk out lighter? Would we walk out standing taller because you've done something in us? Father, we love you. And we ask that every word that flows from Pastor Mayo's mouth, God, would be filtered through your Holy Spirit. And we give you all praise in Jesus' powerful name. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, y'all, y'all give it up for Jesus. Come on, y'all can do better than that. Give it up for Jesus. Come on, y'all here on 4th of July weekend. Let's give it up for Jesus. Come on, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet just a few more seconds because I want to honor a few individuals that's in this room. And I think, you know, it's, it's appropriate that we do honor them. You know, Pastor Kenneth, we would not be here if it wasn't because of your sacrifice. Thank you so much for who you are, the integrity, the leadership, the mantle that's on your life, that's for this city and for this unique, powerful, anointed group of people. So let's give it up for your pastors, guys. Now, we're done with that. Now let me get to the real one. Derry, God bless you. No, all jokes aside, seriously. In the beginning, when God created man, he took a rib from the man and created one man. This would collapse if it wasn't for you. The heart that keeps him standing up would collapse if it wasn't for a great wife, a great mother, a great spiritual woman of God that's praying, that makes the blessings precede him before he even walk in the room. God bless you. Guys, let's give it up for Sherry and your pastors. Come on, you can do better now. Let's give it up for him. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Take your seats, take your seats. Man, thank you guys so much. Pastor, that gift. Thank you so much. And guys, thank you so much for your generosity. And as uh, we come, as, as Pastor said, I, I, I'm coming from Atlanta, Georgia, by way of Church of the Highlands. I've seen your pastor, Pastor Chris Hodges. He's a father to both of us. And uh, that's how I get to Atlanta. You know, God placed in our heart to come off the staff of Church of the Highlands and go plant a church in the city of Atlanta, Georgia. And we're having the time of our life and we would not be able to do that if it wasn't for your generosity. So thank you from the bottom of our heart. On behalf of the people that will experience Jesus, that would not have happened if it wasn't for your generosity and your obedience of listening to Jesus. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your generosity. Yes, and I, I got a picture of my family. I think we'll show a picture of my little beautiful family. This is us right here. That right there is my wife, Kai so well. That's my son, Cannon. He's... um. He's upset because he just, um, he just found out he was a false prophet. Because right there, we was having a baby reveal, and Cannon said, we're having a boy, and we just found out we was having a baby little girl. So his prophecy just fell to the ground, and he was, he was pummeled. 
And that's my little baby girl, Brave, right there. I call her my little CEO. That's Brave Moroa so well. And Kai had a little one in the oven named Liberty Asante so well. And Liberty's here. She's six months. So I got some sleep in a hotel and at the camp because I don't get none at home. Praise God. I was happy, okay? I was happy because I didn't have a little six-month-old sleeping next to me. Hey, don't judge me. I baby sleep with us. Because that's like, man, like, you know, like, I know it's bad, okay, but we got to get some sleep. I got tired of walking to the room, bringing her then bringing her to Kai, and then I got to walk her back when she go to sleep. You know what, Kai? Let's just let her lay right here, and when she get hungry, she can turn on over and, you know what I'm saying, do her thing. <laughs> but anyway, 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 y'all ready for the word? Come on, y'all can do better. Y'all ready for the word? All right, all right, all right. Just to check it out, you know, what we're going to be doing is, I'm just going to tell you exactly what we're going to do before we do it. That's what my pastor told me to do. Hey, just tell the people what they're going to do so they can rest and chill and they know what's going to come. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the book of John. I'm going to share a few stories out of the book of John, share one big idea that I think that will help us in our life. And the idea has something to do with discerning the voice of the devil. Because I, don't, I think if we don't discern the voice of the devil, we probably can't discern the voice of God. Can I get an Amen. Because we get them confused. However, both of them wants us to be under their influence. Because when we are under the influence of God, everything is good. But when we are under the influence of the devil, everything is bad. Can I get amen? So both is yearning for us, humanity, to be under the influence of their voice. So the tension in between that is, if you duplicate life or if you duplicate death, it depends on your discerning. Of which voice are you listening to? So we're going to talk about that a little bit. I'm going to teach a little bit, tell a few stories. Hope the stories are not funny and you never remember them. Please don't tell nobody I told these stories in church, okay? Please don't do that. Please don't do that. I promise they have a little bit to do with the text, but just don't tell nobody. So we'll tell a few stories and then we'll close with a few practical points that you can put in your pocket, some tools that you can take out of here that will help you discern the voice of the devil to discern the voice of God. Can I get Amen. So we're going to be in John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Just let me say that before we go to it. Let me set a little context of what's going on. John chapter 8 is a, I go fast. I'm like an ex-football player, like linebacker. I got a little hood in me and I'm from down south. So y'all got to excuse me, like the country down south. Like, no country. It's it's country. Past is country. So much so, my sister broke up with my cousin because they wanted to be friends. (laughs) No, they just say they better off friends. So they broke up. That's how country we are. You know what I'm saying? Can I get amen? Right, y'all ain't supposed to say amen. Stop it. But anyway, I'm a little hood. I'm a little bougie. So I'm, be- I'm, I'm bujo. You know what I'm saying? And I got a little bujo with me from down south. So God bless you. All right. So we're going to be in John chapter 8. So John chapter 8, Jesus is having this, he's having this conversation with his d- disciples. Because in John chapter 8, some say the book of John was the last three days of Jesus' life. Some say the last three weeks. So let's just say it like this. It was the last three weeks of Jesus' life. So Jesus gets to John chapter 8, and the Pharisees brought this lady out. Some of y'all know this. Brought this lady out, and she was caught in the very act of adultery. So now the Pharisees wanted to trap Jesus in John chapter 8. They said, hey, Jesus, this lady was just caught getting her grind on. What we needed." 2021 translation. That's a little hood translation. She was just caught getting it on with dude. What should we do? Man, so Jesus was like, hmm, what do y'all think we should do? So then they say, the law of Moses say we should stone her and kill her. Jesus was like, really? No, but I think we should forgive her so that her sins will be forgiven and she can go and sin no more. So now Jesus did that. He said, you, man, he says a crazy, he says a crazy statement. He says, you without sin 
cast the first stone. So now everybody dropped their stones, and Jesus forgave this lady, and she went on. He said, sin no more. Go live a life without sin. So now they was beefing with Jesus. They was like, oh, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You of the devil. Jesus was like, no, 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 no. I'm from God. Who you from? They was like, we from Moses. And he was like, who you from? And Jesus was like, I'm from God. So now he was like, who you from? And they was like, I'm from Abraham. They just switched up on dads and everything. Like, come on. Now you from Moses, now you from Abraham. So now Jesus said, I'm from God. So now they try to one-up Jesus. They say, you know what? We from Moses, we from Abraham, and we from God. Jesus put it in there. He said, you know what? You from your father, the devil. And you speak his language. And I don't even understand what you're saying. Because you said, kill her. I said, give her life. What voice are you listening to? So now we go to the text, John chapter 8. Let's jump in it. John chapter 8. Here we go. Jesus, he says, watch this. He says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out his desires. Remember, everyone is buying for our influence. Because watch this, God nor the devil cannot get their plan done in this earth unless we yield to their influence. The only way something can happen from the spiritual realm is if someone in the natural realm implements it. Can I get amen? So now he's saying you carry out the devil's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. Going back to they wanted to stone that lady. He's saying he was a murderer from the beginning. Not withholding the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. So Jesus is trying to say, when he speaks, he speaks his native language which originates from a lie, for he is a liar in the father of lies. So if you're taking notes, I hope you are. For the next 26 minutes, we're going to dive into this message, and we're going to work on discerning the voice of the devil. But first, I think we all have to say in faith the title of this message, We Can't Hear You. Say it with me. We can't hear you. One more time. We can't hear you. Those of you at campus and online, let's pray real quick. Father, we thank you so much for your grace. We thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for this great house, Lord Jesus. We thank you that we get to hang out with each other and explore your word to get practical truth so that we can implement in our lives, Lord Jesus. We ask for just, um, just the Holy Spirit to continue to be present. Thank you for what took place in all the students' life At camp, Father, we thank you that a fire is in them and it will never go out. It is ignited because of your grace. Pray for me, Lord Jesus, that I don't talk too fast and be ghetto. and Everybody understand me. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, amen, amen. Have any of you guys ever did something that you totally regret? Pastor, Pastor Pastor Kenneth, regret? Like, show of hands, regret. Now, come on, y'all. It's Sunday. Don't lie in church, okay? Like you regret. So, so look, at, so, so I, got, I went to Auburn University, played football at Auburn University, and then I played at Buffalo. And, um, but fast forward, when I was coming out of high school, I was like top five linebackers in the United States. So every school wanted to recruit me. 
So now what the school used to do, they used to bring me on recruiting visits. And when I go on a recruiting visit, the school used to just put their best foot forward. They, man, they, they used to roll a red carpet out, give me the best merch, take me to the best nightclubs. Like the players would take the guys out, although I didn't even have an ID to get in the nightclub. What are they doing? So they'd take me, man, just hook me up with like, just, just hey, man, meet mail. So they would just whine and dine you. So now coming out of high school, all I did was play football and I was serious about it. I work out, go to school, eat right, work out. Go to school, eat right. That's it. I was serious about what I was doing. So I went to, I went to uh, Auburn, and they took me out on my visit, and then they say, hey, Mel, let's go to the nightclub. I'm like, man, you know what? I don't go to clubs. I'm good. I don't go to clubs. I work out, go to school, play football. That's all I do. Work out, go to school. They want to go to the nightclub. So I'm like, all right, cool. I go to the nightclub. So I go to the nightclub. I had my Gatorade bottle. That's how serious I was. I'm taking a Gatorade bottle to the nightclub, straight up. So serious about football. So I get there, and they was like, hey, Mayo, you don't dance? Bro, I work out, go to school, play football. No, I don't dance. So I sat there with my Gatorade bottle. I'm drinking. And then this big basketball player, a girl named Shondrika Johnson. I mean, this tall. Biceps bigger than mine. She was 23. Thank you. That's what she came over to me and she was like, Mayo, I heard you the best linebacker in Alabama. You come here, I'm going to be your girlfriend. <laughs> and then she had the audacity to do this, y'all. <laughs> and walk away. I was. I work out, play football, go to school. I'm looking at Shondrika. I'm over there with my Gatorade, like, and she's just over there the whole time. Just making faces at me, and I'm talking about she, she, she dancing by herself. Like, she just, oh, just, I'm talking about all these shoulders and hips. I'm, I don't know what's going on with her hips, y'all. Like, I'm just like, and I'm nervous in my Gatorade bottle, and I'm just drinking my Gatorade. I'm trying to look away, and she keep looking at me. And every time I look over there, I had to look over there because the door. I want to see who coming in the door. So I look over there. I see Shondrika. She, the whole time. So now my guy that's hosting me, he say, Mayo, you need to loosen up a little bit. Bro, why don't you drink a little alcohol? I'm like, bro, I work out, play football, go to school. That's all I do. So he's like, just drink a little bit and loosen you up. So I'm like, man, all right, whatever. He's like, man, I got this. It's, it's a little, he pulled a bottle out. He said, this corn syrup. I'm like, corn syrup? Who, who drink corn syrup as alcohol? I'm like, corn syrup can't do nothing. So he poured in a little cap. Put in, I remember like it was yesterday. Put in a little cap. And there's a little cap for it. I'm like, whatever. Put in the Gatorade, shook it up. I'm over there drinking my Gatorade. I'm chilling, right? Now I start, my shoulders start moving 10 minutes. <laughs> Shondrika right there now. Woo. Girl looking good. 20 minutes later. I'm really feeling, I'm, I'm like, no, I don't know what's going on with my hips. I can't stop my hips faster. No, I really don't know what's going on. Shanette Shondrika right there, right? 30 minutes later, me and Shondrika, I'm like, 
I'm just long breaking it down. Sean drinking see behind me. Everybody watching. We going. I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm doing everything. Man, me and Sean drink, we holding hands. I'm telling Sean drink, you're gonna be my girlfriend. When I get to school, it's me and you. We gonna be together forever. No, Pastor, that real talk. True story. I'm telling her all this stuff, right? I wake up the next morning, I see Sean Drinka outside the hotel. She waiting. Remember what you told me last night? What did I tell you? <laughs> we go together. And that's how she talked. We go like, like that, yeah. <laughs> now y'all know. I didn't need, I, I was shook. How many of us wake up the next day, the next moment, or the next hour, and we regret the decision we made because we was under the influence of that small of a lie. We regret the thing that we did. And then sometimes we think back and we like, yo, how did I make that decision? And we fast forward the tape and say, now I'm dealing with this death that's in my life. Whatever it may look like, we know it wasn't the will of God. But could I say that it rewind the tape, we was under the influence of a lie. Because we could not discern the devil's voice. But Jesus was saying that, hey, disciples, you're going to be my disciples and I'm going to leave you one day. And I want to make sure that you discern the lie of the devil. So you have to say right now, before you discern, you have to stand in faith. We can't hear you. Everything starts by faith. So meaning I'm saying we're standing in faith. And when we say it in faith, we walk into it in practical. Nobody's seen heaven yet, but I guarantee you from the statement that we said first, we're going to walk into it later. So that's why at the beginning of the message, we said, we can't hear you. So Ezekiel says it like this. Watch this. What predates the book of John, Ezekiel, let's talk about the devil. Let's talk about this thing that was found in him that him and God had a big beef with. In Ezekiel chapter 28, it says this. It talks about the devil when he was anointed as a cherub angel, as a worshiping angel. He worshiped. That was his whole job. And Ezekiel goes back and he gives us a snapshot of what took place in heaven in the conversation between God and the devil. So he says right this, you as an anointed garden, I mean, garden angel, chair, for God says, for I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. Watch this. You were blameless in all your day, all your ways from the day you were created until, I'm sorry, I'm being loud. Until wickedness was found in you through your widespread trade. What does that mean? What it means is God found something in him, this idea of where he wanted people to trade the truth in for a lie. And his whole concept was to make that trade widespread. That's why God says, that's why Jesus says he's the father of lies. And he came up with this thing to try to get us in deception to trade the truth in for a lie. And we're going to talk about three lies. Three lies that I believe 90% of lies stem out of 
three lies, 90% of lies stem out of. And if we can go back to the core of the lie, I think we can identify the stems and the fruit because we had the root. The first one, if you're taking notes, first lie. That's the first lie. Y'all don't even understand what I said. That's how it should be. You put the first lie up real quick. You should not understand it. That's the point. Let me slow it down. God gone. If that's not a lie from the pit of hell to get us to buy into what we just did, God is gone? Just hold on. Where's God? Let me, where is he at? Like, where is he? You mean to tell me the creator of the universe, the God that created the moon, the stars, the ferment of the sky that created the human eyeball, the fish, the whale, all the galaxies that they can't get in front of right now today, all the solar systems, the stars, the moon, created you, created me, put us together, ordained us to be in this room. You're telling me, devil, if I do something, God is gone? If that's true, who's going to get me out of what I'm in? Take it a step further. If I get myself out of what I'm in, that means I'm the Savior and not him. God is gone? Let's take it further. This action, this action, this singular action that I just did can just dissipate the action of Jesus on the cross, which he paid to be in us, never leave us nor forsake us, to be with us every waking hour. David said in the book of Psalms, if I make my bed in hell, God is there. God is gone? No, God is not gone. God is near you. He will never leave nor forsake you. I don't know what you're dealing with at the other canvas, but let me try to tell you, God is not Romans chapter 8, Paul says this clearly. Paul says, I am certain. Romans chapter 8, he says, I am certain of this. This very thing. I am convinced that neither life, neither death, neither angels, nor demons, neither present, nor future, nor any powers, nor any heights, nor any depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to make God Gone. That's Bible. Not bougie ghetto talking. That's Bible. Nothing will separate us. God gone? God gone. We, bro, we can't hear you. No, God is not gone from my job. God is not out of my marriage. God is not out of my kids' life. God is not out of our schools. God is not out of our state. God is not out of our government. God is not out of our city. God is not out of our church. God is not out of my life. God is not out of my ideas. God is not out of my relationships. God is not out of our groups. God is not out of our partners. God is not out of our campuses. God is not out of our stores. God is not out of our streets. God is not gone. And I'm sorry I'm so passionate about it, but somebody told me, Mayo, God is with you when I was at my worst. That goodness led me to repentance. I said, wow, if God can be with me, I must go tell everyone else God can also be with them. Paul tried to get the church to understand this. 
He tried to get down to church to understand this right here. And he laid this thing called a metronome down in the book of Philippians. I'm going to teach you a metronome. A metronome is what the worship team is dealing with right here. And it keeps everything on a rhythm. So Paul was telling Philippian church, hey, you got to get on a rhythm. And it's a good rhythm. Because if you don't believe God is near, you, will, you won't think everything you need is here. But if you believe God is near, then you will know everything I need is here. So therefore, you won't become anxious. Anxiety is birthed out of the thought that God is not near. If God has everything you need, why are we anxious? Philippians. Let's go to Philippians real quick. Watch it. Check it out. He says, rejoice always in the Lord. I say rejoice. And I will say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. What? Say it right there. What? The Lord is near. So Paul is trying to say, because the Lord is near, that means everything you need is here. Be anxious for nothing. But if the enemy can try to get you to believe God is gone, you then won't believe God is near. So then you won't believe everything you need is here and anxiety is the outcome. Understand? So the metronome is this. Do this. That's the metronome. That's the metronome. Meaning, it's a BPI. Y'all see it? Everybody on the same, everybody on the same accord. That's the same accord, right? So everybody on the same accord. That's why the Bible says when everybody agree, two or more agree as to anything touching heaven, I will be there. So here's a metronome. If God is near, everything I need is here. If God is near, everything I need is here. If God is near, everything I need is here. That's the metronome. Never forget it. If God is near, everything you need is here. Be anxious for nothing. But if he can get us to believe God is gone, he can then get us to be anxious. And from anxiety, depression, and from depression, everything else comes. So that's the first lie. God is gone. And we know now God is near. Second lie. Belong. 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 Y'all don't even understand his language. What are you saying, devil? That's how we should do. We should laugh at him. When he says, be alone. Be alone. That's not even our language here at this church. So much so, the name of this church was birthed out of a bomb to this and all that. What's the name of this church? Be alone. It doesn't even make sense against this church. I don't understand your language, devil. I listened to this language one time, me personally. And let me tell you where it led me. It led me in a cell, eight by eight, spending 23 hours a day in. I get one hour to go out, use the phone, eat my food, take a shower and use the bathroom, and I had to come right back in it for 23 hours. Came under my door three days later in that same cell, Mayo Sowell versus the United States of America, facing a mandatory minimum of 10 years, a maximum of life. 
All because I listened to the lie and interpreted the language and came under the influence of the faith that my mom taught me, the friends that was around me in college. I got away from them and started selling drugs because I had this idea all by myself because I said I can build everything for myself. And I was all alone. To come to the climax of the idea in prison, kill yourself. You see these sheets? Just time to the roof. Because you're going to be left alone all your life because now you're a college football player, all-American, that went to the NFL. Now you're in prison facing a life sentence. So why don't you be the epitome of alone and take yourself out? That's how depressed I was in that eight by eight cell because he gave me this snapshot of the inability to create a future. So I wanted to take my future away. If you feel alone, that's why we have community at this church. If you don't have a team to be on, that's why we have partners at this church. If you feel you're not on a journey, that's why you can go to the gold track at this church. If you want to make a difference in your life, which you can, that's why United Church is here. Because we don't believe the lie of being alone. We don't understand that language. We can't hear you. Let's all get united and say it together to him because he's right there looking. We can't hear you. That's the unity. That's the sound. That's the voice. That a devil will look at a church and say, you know what? They know the voice of their father and not the voice of a wicked one. Baby Santa Claus, you can come on out. Where you at? Where's St. Nick at? St. Nick, come on out, keys. There we go. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> 2022 Santa Claus. I ain't y'all. Hey, hey, Pastor, let me borrow him and take him to Atlanta. I can make some money with him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Straight up. I can put a pillar right there. I can get next to him, be a little black elf. And you know what I'm saying? Hey, yo. Hey, bro, we can ball out in Atlanta, baby. <laughs> Straight up. You know what I'm saying? 2022 Santa Claus with some skinny jeans and some boots. We got the new Santa Claus. We got them. You know? Be alone. Be alone. James chapter. James ends his book with this in James chapter 5. But he started in James chapter 1, verse 1. If you read it, he says, To the twelve tribes scattered abroad. So the whole context of the book, the whole narrative in the feather, in the, in the tapestry through the book was to, to view being alone because he's starting in verse 1. Here's to the 12 tribes scattered. And then he gets to chapter 5. And he said, hey, here's why y'all not need to be scattered. Because if you scatter, you can't confess to each other. I know you can go to God for forgiveness, but for healing, you have to be able to confess to each other. So he lays this right here. He says, therefore, since all that is true, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be what? Healed. So now the enemy wants us to what? Be alone. 
Because now if he can get us to be alone, he'll have a bunch of saved Christians walking around contaminating everybody else because they're not healed. And now nothing happens. So now because we're not healed and we're hurt and we're broken, but we're saved, we go to work and they experience our wounds. And they be like, oh, they talking about God? Boy, they mad at their husband just like me. Boy, they, uh-uh, they gossiping just like me. Because we hurt. Because we bought into the life being alone. But when we're with each other, and now it didn't say confess and the answer come back and healing take place. It said confess your faults to one another that you may be healed. You can look at confession as a rubber ball. When you confess, healing comes back. That is spiritual law, just like the law of gravity. If I jump off this stage, guess what? I'm gonna hit the ground. If you, if you confess, guess what? You're gonna be healed. But the only prerequisite is, I have to have somebody to confess to. So we won't listen to the lie. That's my point. We can laugh at it when we hear. Can I get amen? And the last one. This is running rampant in our culture. Young people, don't listen to this one. We won't go for the radio on this one right here. This is running crazy. This is doing, this is, it's running crazy right now. And I promise you, we won't listen to it in Atlanta. Y'all won't listen to it up here. We, um, listen, guys, we need to change this narrative. You know the narrative that he's trying to say right now? Church wrong. That's my point. That's my point. Church is wrong? So he said, God gone. Be wrong. Church wrong. You mean this? Oh my God, I can't even get on this one. So you mean this thing that God created to bring you, that's African-American, you, that's Caucasian, together, you that's young, you that's old, you that has this amount of money, you that's a Republican, you that's a Democrat, you that's from that country, you that's from that nation, you said the engine to bring all of them together is wrong? It's no other organization in the earth that has that much diversity under one roof for the same common cause. No, 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 Pastor, you're not exempt. I got 22, I got 20, I got two minutes. You're not exempt because what he's going to do, he's going to try to smack the shepherd and the sheep shall scatter. So the first thing he's going to try to do is, Pastor, don't know what ain't talking about. He's going to come against his integrity. It's a man of God that laid his life on the line, that loves his wife, raises kids, pours everything he has into this church. And he's going to say, the church is wrong because the pastor is wrong. No, 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 no. I'm going to pray for my pastor. I'm going to love my pastor. I'm going to honor my pastor because he's going to try to attack the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Church wrong? No, it's not wrong what you do with your finances. You invested into a church like Live Atlanta, a guy that has a federal prison record to give a second chance to go give the gospel to the next dope boy in Atlanta, the girl that's dancing in the streets of Atlanta, the kid that don't have a life in Atlanta, and you mean to tell me my church is wrong? Devil, I can't hear you. I'm so excited about this. 
I am so excited. You mean to tell me God gone? That's a lie. My God right here. So everything I need is near. Everything, I'm not anxious. God is here. Be alone? Guess what? My church is with me. I will go get in a group just like this. I will call somebody on the partner team, my coach, my team lead, whatever. I got somebody to confess so that healing can take place. In church room, the place I can come to that opens its doors once a week for sure to make sure somebody smile in my face, encourage me and pat me on my back and tell me they love me without anything in return that gives me unconditional love, that you you saying that mechanism right there is wrong? Devil, I can't hear you. The church that would provide an experience for students to come, if I would have experienced God at that age, I could have been a pastor on this stage. That church is wrong. Uh, 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 uh. Here's a statement that we all have for the devil. And we'll end and pray with this. So now we know. Here we go. Last ending statement. God is here. So long is wrong. And united, strong. God is here. Being alone is wrong. This church, if you're here for the first time, strong. Strong. That, the voice of God that we know, so we can't hear the voice of the wicked. So, Mr. Devil, we can't hear you. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you so much for this great church, Father. Thank you so much for our pastor. Thank you for our leaders. Thank you for our staff. Thank you for this great church. And most of all, thank you for you. What you've done for us, Father, we could not have done by ourselves. We honor you for being here with us, Lord Jesus. Give you all the honor. Now I want to pray for someone here that has not received Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior. He's been with you the whole time, beckoning you. Receive me. This is your moment. If you're watching, this is your moment. I'm going to count to three, and I'd love for you to raise your hand, and we're going to all collectively say a prayer with you. Because we're family with you. So if that's you, I would love for you to raise your hand. One. Two. Thank you. Three. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, thank you for paying for my sins and dying on the cross. I accept you into my heart, to my personal Lord and Savior. And I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Come on, guys, let's give it up for those who made decisions. Come on, you can do better than that.